Hello. Hello. Welcome ha- to the film creators processes. I don't know why I'm asking it as a question. Pro- <laughs> Welcome to film creators pro- pro- processes. Are we are we processing right now? Uh, uh, th- uh, who who can say that this... we can? The truth is out there. Excuse me. Uh, excuse me. Waiter. Waiter. Is this processes? Is this, is this <laughs> film critters process? Please, please send this back. Please, please send this back. Por favor, uh, uh, there is a fly <laughs> in my ointment. Uh. <laughs> um, hi, everybody. Hello. We, we're back. It's March. It's uh, becoming springtime. Uh, and we have we have some movies that we've seen. We would love to talk to you about them. Are you okay with this? Are you in a space for this? Are you Are you ready? to hear the truth about (laughs) movies (laughs) ready to hear what they don't want you to know about feature film um yeah we watched two movies we watched uh these are these are this is might be a rougher episode for for uh our more sort of cinema arts focused crowd uh i don't think so i think i think they love paul w.s anderson yeah, actually, Paul I mean, like... Paul W.S., okay. I always get him and Paul Tom confused. <laughs> the PTA. Good old PTA versus PWSA. It's real... Yeah. It's a real uh, Paul's choice situation. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. We checked out uh, Monster Hunter and Run, Hide, Fight. Uh, <laughs> so we had time... Uh, but yeah, I, I guess we'll I guess we'll uh, start out with Monster Hunter. Uh, Jay, Jay, what'd you think of Monster Hunter? Uh, I really, really, really wanted to like it as uh. somebody who loved the Resident Evil series, who loved Mila Jovovich in those, who loves right. Event Horizon, who thinks that Paul W. Anderson is like one of the better, best, like just like like garbagey like junk junk food movies but not in a way where it's like oh it's so bad it's good it's like he he has like a real like understanding of the craft of just making indulgent film yeah absolutely but when i saw that it was edited by doobie white (laughs) who is also the person who edited uh the last resident evil movie which was Mm -hmm. garbage (laughs) i got a little worried (laughs) Yeah. And unfortunately, my worries were correct, <laughs> and I and I did not and I did not even finish the film despite trying to like two or three times. Yeah, um, it's, it's it was one of those films where I'd get twenty minutes in and I would literally be like, "What happened?" Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> like I just like don't remember what happened in this movie I'm currently watching. Yeah, that's kind of the thing. I'm, I I am struggling to really kind of come up with. Um, so I, I I I made it through, but I was also uh, playing World of Warcraft with my boyfriend while I was watching it because I just I, I you know it it was just it, it's rough. It's it's hard to get through. It's pretty it's pretty bland. It's not really fun. Um, it is weirdly kind of like an isekai. That's that's as much as I remember about it. It's like a the United States Army has to deal with an unknown threat in a strange world. The ah, uh, she's got to hunt monsters with Tony Jaa. Uh, but past that, 
Oh, there's Palicos. There's Palicos in it. Okay. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, which was a kind of like a thing that me and my boyfriend were like, are they going to do it? Are, is, is it going to be, are, are they actually going to have the nuts to like have the, have the furry guys? And they did. And, and it, it was actually, it was actually like a big buff Palico who's like, uh, I don't know. It, it was, it was cool. It was cool to see that. Um, and, and I guess some, I'm not really a monster hunter person. So I, I, like, I recognize some of the guys from fan art, I guess. Um, so it was probably cool for somebody, but yeah, uh, pretty bland movie strangely enough yeah it's it's really i mean i think part of the problem is that it felt like this one was made specifically like so it it was released in china ahead of the united states right and so there has been a, an ongoing thing of essentially american action films more or less being made for Chinese audiences because that is where they end up making like the vast majority of their money. That that's mm-hmm. where you have like I want to say like the fast the Fast and uh, Furious series, Transformers. There's like a lot of films where you're like, why did they make this and like spend so much money on it and then like dump it in theaters for like two weeks and then like not like basically it just disappeared it is almost always because that movie does gangbusters in china and it's actually made for chinese audiences um yeah that meg that that movie about the giant shark do you remember that from like two years ago yeah, yeah. that that was one of those and a lot of times the tell is that they will have actors that are big actors in china but not but like not actors you ever see really in most american films um i believe in this case that was like uh mc Jin, maybe my i think was one of them because he's like a rapper mm. uh oh, yeah. and tony ja who is in a bunch of just like big good like chinese action films which is kind of ironic i guess oh god i forgot ron perlman is in this um yeah he's also ironic that. <laughs> <laughs> uh there was this whole apparently there was this controversy according to the wikipedia page uh with regard to one of the lines spoken by Jin. uh which made which kind of caused this uproar in China. So and, and like it ended up being like review bombed and like censored um, just because, you know, because of that, I guess, which is, you know, a whole a whole situation. But I mean, like point being kind of, uh, I don't know, target audience, the target audience has uh, rejected this film. And so have, I guess, apparently the t- the sort of tangential secondary audiences as well. Because uh, it's not very well liked, apparently. Consequently, I feel like that there is a a problem where it's sort of like it, it it's just it's like it is like how movies in like the early two thousands that played to American audiences tended to be really bad in very specific ways that tell like oh this is this is a run for the the TNT network. Like this, this oh, is yeah, this yeah. is something that is going to get dumped on afternoon television licensing. Like this is this is a movie that is is planning to recoup its losses in a specific market in the United States. That market has now, instead of being the United States, has become China because China has like a much larger, uh, I think, movie going population. Like more people just go to movies than they do here. More uh, people, period. And and so it tends to be more of an orientation towards like visual action 
and less so towards like plot, like basically roller coaster movies mm. is the way that I would describe them because it's it is it is all spectacle and like the the plot isn't really serviceable, which can be really really fun and is a thing that I think uh, Paul W. Anderson does great with normally, but this one seemed like it is a little bit too poised to like just kind of be a like 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 phoning it in. Uh, yeah. Oh, they're gonna give me this movie because I did so good at the Resident Evil series that they're like, well, you can have this other series now too. Um, right. It it just did not feel like his best work. It felt very very boring. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like somehow it also felt really kind of small scale as well. Like something about something about its focus um, and just like the the sort of visual style. Uh, I I don't know. I don't know whether to chalk that up to the editing or to like the design or what. That, but I, the visual style is almost a hundred percent the editing. So if you, I, I've been yeah. like trying to get everyone to watch the Resident Evil se- film series because I love them. But you mm-hmm. can you can watch them like if you watch them in a row and then you go to I think it's Retribution, which is like the second to last one. Let me look at this. Right. Yes. Uh, and then you go to the last one, the like, ch- like plummet in visual quality is immediate. And it is because of the editor. Like the, the, it is a different editor and their editing style is that really obnoxious style that I hate where it is rapid cuts that don't need to be done. Yeah. Like, and you could see it like early on in this one too, where it's like the characters are walking to their car and it cuts to like three or four different shots of them walking to the car in a row. And that is something that only started being a thing once uh, Doobie White was brought on as an editor. It could be like, you know, Paul W. Sanderson starting to move in that direction. I don't want to put it all on them, but it was a thing where it's like when we've noticed, like, why is this last film like so like much more like visually incoherent whereas his action scenes tend to be like really really tight and like have a lot happening in them but like easy to follow uh we looked and it was oh there's a completely different editor for this film (laughs) yeah i mean the rhythm if you're gonna make this style of movie where there's like uh you know lots of setups lots of different shots uh lots of intercutting you have to get the rhythm like really 100% because I, I, I do feel like the, the RE movies uh, kind of had that style down and there there was a lot of kind of like cool transitions and like in between stuff and blah, 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 like all, all this um, kind of stuff that makes that style work. Uh, and yeah, not a lot of that here, uh, sadly. Um, but, you know, what can you do? Yeah, it's it is very disappointing. As as somebody who is extremely excited to see this film, and at one point wanted to see it in theaters, I was very bummed out that I couldn't even get through it. <laughs> like that, I was so bored that I couldn't <laughs> even get through it. It's pretty rough. I um, I I will say maybe not in the film's defense, air quotes, but like definitely a part of it is that I have a lot of trouble getting through movies that are bad. That are action movies like I can I can sit through a really bad movie in like horror film, drama, comedy, all kinds of things I can sit through. Bad action films are very difficult for me to sit through because I already think action is a boring genre. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it absolutely can be. I mean, like, 
you know, it's, I, I think people tend to kind of over rely or, or think, think that they can get away with, um, things that are really simple or, or people kind of tend to think that like the action is self-evident. Um, when like, okay, one, one, for example, like one reference point that, uh, this movie definitely had was Mad Max Fury Road. And the reason like Mad Max works because all of the action is just like, uh, I don't know. You 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 really have to like. I I almost feel like part of the process has to be like this sort of excitement for the like really minute ideas that you come up with and just like filling it with detail and and like you know because there's all these like really small touches um like during during fights like there's there's all of the like they work with Max being like stuck to the front of the car they work with uh you know every every like injury becomes like part of the plot uh basically like everything has to be like a Chekhov's gun like and you know and if it's if it's just kind of like oh uh in this scene we will have five explosions and uh there will be 20 punches and uh then we move to the next scene and it's just kind of boring for everybody um the visual design of action is like shockingly underappreciated sometimes in in action films. Even as somebody who doesn't like action films, like we we watched uh, Hard Boiled recently, the yeah. the John Woo movie, and we were talking. And I was thinking about it afterwards, like that movie and Face Off, where as like goofy and like bad air quotes as Face Off is, the action scenes in Face Off are really good. Like they're really well designed little action scenes because John Woo like knows how to fucking construct action. Yeah, absolutely. Uh and yeah, and there's like stakes and every yeah, uh, yeah. Stakes is yeah, is, is a good way to put it. Or it's like it's not even just like that there's stakes, it's that like all of the action that you see reasonably follows like every cut and every shot reasonably follows the previous one in a way that recreates or creates this like exciting energy this like inertia this like kinetic um this this people call it the 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 what is it bullet ballet in like films like hard-boiled where it's like this this it has to have that same sort of flow of like a really good ballet where it's all about mm-hmm. like the the one leading into the other and the problem with like this movie and this style of editing and these style of action films is that instead of like ballet or reasonable following it's just like yeah <laughs> next scene thunk, 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 thunk. <laughs> yeah it's just hit 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 runtime met hit 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 <laughs> <laughs> break for yeah. a bad joke hit 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 <laughs> god damn yeah it's it's just too it's just way too cookie cutter i it's insane that i would like watch this whole movie and forget completely about uh, Tony Jaa, Ron Perlman, and T.I. all being characters. <laughs> uh, that's that's just that's that's kind of an achievement. Also, I would be remiss to talk about um, a Paul W.S. Anderson film without talking about their body count, which. Oh, yeah. So you were just telling me about this and this wasn't a thing I knew. So, yeah, get please, please get into this. <laughs> yeah. So there's um, a lot of kind of stories floating around with regard to Resident Evil, the final chapter, for one, um, there was a stunt woman who had her arm amputated after an onset accident during 
the shooting of that movie. Um, and then a guy died. A guy got crushed to death. Uh, Ricardo Cornelius, a 34-year-old South African, uh, was crushed by an army issue Hummer. Jesus. Um, which I just want to say, uh, oh my God, it was his first job after a year of unemployment. Oh, uh, that's so, de- that's such a depressing, don't tell me that. <laughs> I know, right? Like, after that, would you not like quit? You're like, would you not like stop being a director or something? I I don't know. Like me, I feel like there's like a, I feel like there's like a weird thing with Hollywood where it's like, well, you know, it's it's a risk of the job. Is that sometimes you just watch a person die? Yeah, uh, right, John Landis. <laughs> <laughs> Which, oh my god, I just watched um, the Oscar special where they think Mark dies, uh, and that I, I have to imagine that was kind of a similar vibe <laughs> on, <laughs> on the Resident Evil set. Um, yeah, I uh, it's it's certainly it's certainly something to have like you know kind of outsourced labor from the place that you're filming. Uh, put themselves in mortal danger for the sake of your video game movie oh my fucking god uh but i don't know that's i i guess that's part of the paul ws anderson expanded universe enjoy that factoid every uh, everybody every pony <laughs> every fucking pony how's that feel oh it feels bad yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i'm doing oh. the pull, pulling on my necktie thing um Still got to admit, great, great expanded universe of the wife guy filmmaking. Him and him and Ron's Rob Zombie unbe- unmatched. Yeah, yeah. Thank God, thank God for for Mila Jovovich. I I, I did think that she was um perfectly fine and fun here. She's she's charming. It's just she's not in a movie that I I uh give two shits about. <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Love her. Love love Ron Perlman. Love Tony Jaw. Fantastic everything. What would you rather have spent your streaming price on? Um It this I think this movie had played at a drive-in. But like for drive-in uh-huh. money you get to see two films. Yeah, that's so true. So then when I didn't want to watch this anymore, I could have just we could have just driven to like a jack in the box or something after and gotten and gotten food there. Um, yeah. So I, I guess I would have rather have spent my streaming money on seeing this at a drive-in where I could have seen a different movie and then we could have had a, a, a little road trip of some sort after we decided that this movie was boring and we wanted to leave. I, I guess I would rather have spent it on Monster Hunter for this, like the game, like the game Monster Hunter, like the video game Monster Hunter, for, but possibly for Nintendo Switch. Oh, like like uh, if probably. it was, it would never be on sale on the Nintendo Switch. How would you? Know? No. no, but a girl can dream. A girl can dream. Um, I was like, yeah, maybe if it was on sale and he's the Nintendo Switch, and I'm like, oh, that thing's never going on sale. The price is going to go up. They're going to re-release it, and it's going to be the same game but more expensive. <laughs> Special pay oh, twenty dollars more edition. Oh Jesus. Um, I guess I would not rather have spent my money on. I don't know, a, a World of Warcraft subscription, which is funny to say because I did spend my money on a World of Warcraft subscription either way, um, because human beings are very complicated. Yeah, no, it's it, it's more, it, it's not coming from the same bank in that case. I yeah, guess. exactly. Um, so what I'd rather have not spent my money on, uh, and here's the, the punchline, is um, 
whatever subscription service or whatever that you have to use to watch Daily Wire movies. Uh, because uh, our next movie <laughs> is released by the Daily Wire, Ben Shapiro's news outlet, which apparently is is which not apparently which is trying to get into films like film yeah. distribution and film production now, and they right. just like couldn't get any, so they just like bought this movie <laughs> to distribute. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Uh, um, and that's our next movie, which I will openly. Well, actually, wait. Can Ben Shapiro sue me if I say that? Who gives you? I I pirated it. I didn't fucking pay money for this next movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, no, I, no money went to uh, went to Ben. Sorry, Ben. Unless I, I unless I can get in trouble for it, in which case somebody else bought me a copy of this film, and that's how I watched it. Yeah. No. Same here. I you know my 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 sugar daddy was like, I know how much you love uh, movies. I saw uh, I saw this down at the old Red Box for three, yeah. <laughs> which by the way still around. Didn't know that until I I saw I, I we rented something oh, yeah, from Red Box uh, recently uh, and didn't watch it, <laughs> but it was, <laughs> it, was, it, was a, it was a fun experience. <laughs> Pay one dollar to have a fun little a fun little journey. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I am about to be pulled into the debate dome uh, against my will because uh, there's. I don't know. There's there is a lot to kind of rebut that this movie puts forward about the world uh, that to me kind of seems to come from a really like sheltered idiot, like neocon sort of like rich person, uh, you know, overly media poisoned uh, view of how things work in real life. Uh, so. I guess um, you know that we'll we'll kind of segue into that. Uh, Jay, did you have any like kind of uh, standout thoughts with regard to Run Hide Fight, uh, which is of course the film we were talking about? Um, yes, yes, yes. My standout thought is that it should have been uh, worse. It should have been <laughs> <laughs> like I, you know, kind of with you. So I, 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 me, because so like I watched this before Baru did, and I went in with it with uh two of my friends where we we have a whole thing where we like we just love like exploitative films like we love exploitation cinema you know it's exploitative right. is maybe the wrong word we love exploitation cinema and so we were like man this is probably going to be like really garbage but i do really but like we had read some review what well, let me let me find it it's uh cuz it's it's uh we had one one review which described the main shooter in this film which has a quartet of shooters um uh-huh. as being the joker yeah and then we had another review which described it as uh die hard in a high school <laughs> and just like every review i like read from this like made it sound um oh sorry the other one that this is the one that made me go i want to read it was a uh guy lodge of variety said it was a cross between elephant uh the gus van sant film about school shootings uh and the hunger games (laughs) (laughs) and all of these just made me go i gotta see this (laughs) like this this sounds this sounds like such a mess i have to see it um and then it just kind of like plays it safe safe is like feels like the wrong word it's an it's it is a it is a film that is finally like you know what school shoot uh james who watched it with us put it really well where it's like this is the kind of movie that it can only be made 
in a culture where school shootings are so rare like that it's it can be used as like an as like this is the unthinkable tragedy or they're so common that yeah. you can just make a movie like this um yeah and this film doesn't like this film like doesn't want to commit to being that second one like it does not want to commit to acknowledging that like we live in a fucked up world where mass shootings are so common that like you can make an exploitative action film you can make an action film that's just like here's a fantasy for what you will do if you're ever in a school shooting which statistically you might end up being in yeah <laughs> uh, yeah that like it's like the mary sue thing but like for you know for mortal danger that uh, inflicts that is inflicted on like kids yeah which is like that's that's exploitation cinema. It, it is it is by design exploitative of of like yeah. real things, but the film like kind of became too self aware that that's what it was doing, and so they kind of just yeah. like try to be like, no, no, we want this to be like, we just really want to open like a dialogue, and it's like, no, you don't. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> no, you fucking don't. Oh my god, you want to you want to fucking... have your little fantasy of of uh of girl soldier daughter. Uh, yeah. <laughs> who loves her dad and uh, is apparently insane, but like they just kind of like blow past that repeatedly. Uh, and she <laughs> she she does uh, illegal wrestling moves and kung fu takedowns of all the of all the mass shooters who represent uh, the four archetypes of shooter: um, Bo Burnham, uh, nerd kid. Uh, kid with an unspecified mental illness, uh, and girl. <laughs> for some, the girl one was a real was really threw me for a loop because I don't think there's been any girl school shooters. Oh my god, I I could I think there actually have been one or two. But I, so okay, every morning I put in my VHS of Run Hide Fight and do all the moves <laughs> with etc cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, so uh, yeah, let's talk about the shooters for a second. So um, I happen to be a little bit studied with regard to the concept of uh, school shooters because um, Columbine kind of happened like right before. I mean, like it was sort of like, I, I think it was in elementary school or some shit like that, but it kind of colored and affected like the rest of my school life and the rest of everybody else's school life. Because, um, you know, like if you're if you're in the post-Columbine world and you draw a gun... Uh, or you write a story with some violence in it, all of a sudden there are some problems. Uh, oh, oh yeah. No, I I, I feel like 70% of the people I know have some sort of story to the extent of, I, I, like, I remember one of my friends told me like, yeah, I had an enemies list and it wasn't a problem. And then Columbine happened. And like a month later, they were like, we got to pull you into the office because you have an enemies list. But it's like, they're like yeah. nine. So enemies. <laughs> so it's like an, an enemies list is like, here's a list of uh, people who were mean to me on the playground. So I kind of, I was, I wanted to kind of understand. I, I think a lot of people kind of glare into the sort of, uh, like eclipse, you know, sort of uh, like something something so horrible happens, you kind of want to like try to piece together and understand it. So I've 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 read a good deal about um, like for example Eric Harris and Dylan Klebold and like Cho Sang Hui and like other people of that general um, sort of uh, I, kind of mental makeup. And um, I don't want to just say that the thing about them is that they're stupid narcissists. Uh, 
and just like not very smart. Um, because ostensibly, to a certain extent, it's like a it's like a disability, right? It's like sociopathy um, and uh, kind of uh, you know depression and and uh, feeling kind of separate from society is like technically. Um, you know, those are, those are technically disabilities and that, and that sucks. And at the same time, these people all, uh, school shooters tend to kind of, um, not even in so much of like a political axis way, but like, they, like, for example, Eric Harris was like a German fucking weeb. He was like a full <laughs> Nazi. Uh, De- he like wrote in German in his diary. I'm sorry, but describing like the teen, like teen nineties trench coat neo-Nazi kid as German weeb is very funny. A, gu- it's, a gweeb, if you will. A gweeb. He literally wrote like you know how like people make fun of anime kids for saying kawaii and like shit like that. Yeah. Like that was what that's what he would do in his diary with German words. He was a fucking loser. Uh which, you know, <laughs> calling calling the school shooter a loser is maybe a little on the nose, but you know, whatever. Um and yeah, and, and he hated gay people, which is funny to me because a lot of uh kind of like, for example, in Elephant, and also in this movie, there is this kind of subtext of, like, oh, the, sh- the shooters express uh, homosexuality, uh, which kind of couldn't be farther from the truth, but that's okay. He was, he was also a brutal... Uh, Eric Harris was also a brutal racist uh, as well. Uh, so, I guess point being, when we take a look at the school shooters in um, Run, Hide, Fight, the movie... I don't really see the psychological makeup of what I guess I would expect. Uh, so for 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 one thing, the punk girl is way too cool to be a school shooter. She would absolutely never be caught dead uh, with these dorks. That's um, yeah. So, com- complete sidebar. Okay, so they they do introduce that by adding this weird. They they explain that by having this yeah. weird like like. I, I thought I had imagined it, but three like two or three other people who've watched this film also brought it up independently of me. There I think seem, I know what you're gonna say. There seems to be an indication that the main school shooter, the ringleader kid, yeah, is fucking both the girl and the mentally ill one who are related. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> who are brother, brother and sister. sister. Baby. <laughs> Teorema 2021 remake. It's, let's it, fucking it go. Is, it is a, that line hap dropped, and like, me, me and my friends were watching it. This girl were like, "Wait a second, hold on. What did he just say?" <laughs> yeah, because at first when they said it, I didn't realize that that guy and the girl shooter were actually brother and sister. When he first said it, I thought the implication was that because like they definitely show that like the 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 mentally ill kid, it's like it's like vaguely schizophrenia. Maybe, but like the, that kind of like bad movie writing where they think schizophrenia is multiple, also multiple personality disorder. So at first, yeah. I thought what they were implying is that he he and the main school shooter were fucking, but only when the guy was dressed as a girl and pretending to be his non his non existent sister. Uh, was disappointed right. it wasn't that bad, um, <laughs> but. <laughs> But that does there does seem to be a line that implies that he's he's at least dating both of them, which is an insane thing to introduce into your film. But I, I do agree that that girl being involved in it is baffling because it's like she's like she doesn't fit. Again, like you said, the profile she's she's like, yeah, she fits the profile that would make sense of this film was still made in the 90s when people are like goth kids are going to shoot up the school. Because they're right, scary, yeah. 
but nobody like people like that's just how that's just how kids dress now like kids love mall golf shit like what like <laughs> yeah. i if a kid is wearing like mall goth shit that means they probably have like a good social life and kid, they like go to they probably go to the mall yeah. like i don't know if a kid is wearing golf shit they have a lot of friends and people love them <laughs> uh-huh. and they're cool and they probably listen to 100 gex so i'm just saying yeah <laughs> like the kids that you have to watch out for like cho sing we oh my god what was his favorite song again it was like the most like radio friendly oh yeah shine by collective soul is it was a song that he listened to like 50 like the kid who's into collective soul and who wears like the oversized hoodie, like worry about that kid. Uh, and, like, but I, I don't know, whatever. Um, no, no, I think but, you're right. No, it's, it, it, it is. It, a lot of school shooters are like, despite the, the, the image that was put into the media, this is the only way to put it are, are just corrupted normies. Yeah. They, they are always just like the guy, like the most, the most shockingly, normal people who are usually like losers to an extent but in a very normal way they're just much higher level of ego to where like they can't cope with that right yeah um yeah yeah there's there's definitely like a huge uh sort of ego accent i mean aspect i i mean like um I don't know. The, the, I mean, the girls really just here because, like, oh, what if a school shooter had like a Harley Quinn in it? Oh, oh wouldn't my that god, be you're right. It is just, so it wacky. is just like the like. Oh, we need to have a Harley Quinn. Like it's, it's like Suicide Squad. Yeah, this is our Suicide <laughs> Squad. <laughs> oh my god. Ah, there's okay. So to kind of touch on my feelings on like the level of nihilism here as well, and, and just like the cynicism of uh, this movie. There's kind of okay to have like. Um, to have this kind of uh, attitude, the the attitude that the movie has, where it's like, this is the way the world is, and you gotta, you either run, you hide, or you fight, and like, it's just kind of monologuing at you almost, uh, or proselytizing, or whatever, whatever, whatever the fucking word is. Um, it's to include things like, uh, you know. Basically, I, I think that, like, if you pick up a fucking camera, you point it at what you want to see, right? Or, like, or what you think, uh, in some movies' cases, like, what you think might enrich or make somebody think, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but it's, at a certain point, it's like, this movie just kind of wants to call school shooters fags, even though that's uh, kind of disconnected from reality. This movie wants to also, this movie really wants you to look at kids getting killed uh, because... Uh, I don't fucking know why. <laughs> like, at a certain point, if you point your camera at that, that's what you're showing. It doesn't matter if there's a layer of, like, oh, wouldn't this be so fucked up? It's like, you're literally making an action... Like, you're literally making Die Hard. Uh, what about fucking school shootings? <laughs> and about kids die? I-, I don't know. Like, that seems fucking insane to me that you would, like, try to, in theory, have this, like... To, to even, like, try to insist that you have even remotely good intentions with a movie like this is mind-boggling to me the the no joke the part of the film like within that that like really was like uh was oddly enough one of the school shooters getting killed it was the kid getting sniped by the girl's dad yeah because it's like am i supposed to feel good about this scene because you've done a really good job of like convincing me that this kid 
like literally doesn't know what's going on. <laughs> like, like you have basically told me, yeah, this kid is like super unwell and is being exploited by the nihilist Bo Burnham guy, but he's also like really big and strong. So it's fine that this Marine dad just fucking shot him through the face. Yeah. I mean, because like, it's like uh, it's 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 not a scene that's presented like all these other deaths, like even the other school shooters deaths are presented as these like, you know, like struggles and stuff or these these things of just like, oh, like it's gotten so bad that we had to we had to kill a girl, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, like and it's it's fine, like because like the death with the the main nihilist shooter at the end, that's like horrifying, at least is fine within the like, like OK, that's that's movie revenge logic, whatever. But in that scene, it's just it's like. Uh, like I don't know, man. Like that's just kind of a bummer. <laughs> I'm just, I'm yeah. just kind of bummed out watching this. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't feel fantastic. It's also okay. I oh, very f- sorry, but before I forget, complete sidebar. Hilarious to have a U fan fiction of um, what's her name, the girl uh, who got shot at Columbine, who allegedly was asked, "Do you believe in God?" before they shot her. And then in this uh, film, they quote that that, but she doesn't get shot. She she uh, owns them with facts and logic. <laughs> like that Damn. that was insane to me. It was just like like it's one thing to like kind of quote that scene in your movie or even like create like an alternate version of it. It is completely opposite. It is like completely like insanely hilarious to just be like you know. If she was smarter about the Bible, she would have been fine, though. Like, she would have just been like, actually, God is real, and here's why. And the shooter would have just been like, damn. All right. <laughs> <laughs> You're so right. I will put my guns down yeah. now. And damn, you, damn you make a good point. Uh, I'm just going to move on to the next kid. Sorry. I, I, got, I got it way over <laughs> my head here. <laughs> um. Yeah. I, I mean, like, this movie absolutely has a chip on his shoulder, as evidenced by the amount of... Uh, like quippy, stupid little lines, like oh, all this, all this, like subtle, like wink, wink, nudge, nudge, like how hard is it to build a wall? Oh, uh, God. And like, tr- are you triggered? Oh, trigger warning, everybody! Oh, wow, are we trending yet? Uh, oh, fuck. genuinely, the whole fucking, so are we fucking trending annoying. shit. The, the yeah, I could again. If this movie was eviler, I could ex- I could accept the school shooter's motivation being to be famous because that's stupid mm-hmm. but that it's like that at least would match like a stupid exploitation film but it's yeah. like doesn't it doesn't want to do it's just it, it's like no we're trying to have a conversation it's like no you're not just make the movie you want to uh-huh. make <laughs> yeah for real and i mean like part and parcel to how much that shit doesn't work and how inconsistent and kind of like full of holes a lot of the movie's logic is uh the main character with regards to the school shooters who are shooting and killing people says at one point kind of late in the movie this punishment doesn't fit any crime which is funny because she has murdered at least two of them by that point (laughs) uh so apparently murder fits some crimes but not uh, not others, I guess. I don't know. This is a movie that exists inside, inside of the brains of people who kind of imagine a sort of like God mode where you can kind of just no clip through a uh, school shooter experience in real life, uh, which is fantastic. I'm glad that I'm glad that that's the way that people are thinking about solving this problem instead of I, anything that's useful. The weirdest thing about it is that it's like 
ideas of like what to do in case of a school shooting is just like oh well we gotta we need like slightly better policies <laughs> about like <laughs> like you know like if a, we like, need the security guard to have a yeah gun. the security guard needs to have a gun which is like yeah that really helped out at the have par- you at ever the fucking, met a high school security fucking- guard in your life <laughs> The fucking Parkland shooting where the security guards did have guns, and so they didn't go into the school because they didn't want to get shot. <laughs> fucking for real. That solves absolutely nothing. Uh, or, or the one where it's like, oh, like we can't go into lockdown until we confirm that a school shooting is going on, which is like, is that a common policy? But it's like, I don't know if that's a policy that would really make or break a situation that is usually started and resolved in. 20 minutes <laughs> yeah i mean like ugh, there there's basically this like entire 2.7 billion dollar industry of backseat gamers who are just like you you need to be prepared in the event of a shooting uh we're going to outfit your school with bulletproof whiteboards and uh we're gonna run all your kids through countless drills uh to kind of prepare to be fucking picked off like Fucking livestock, uh, I guess. But, like, it... to Like, only in fucking America would a, like, multi-billion dollar industry crop up around mass death. And, and people don't really, like, <laughs> see that as, like, fucked up? Uh, I don't know. I mean, to be fair, it's not exactly our first one. Uh- <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's true. You get what you pay for. Um, God, what a... What a dumb, like, it's just, like, like, it's just such a, like, it's also not a very well, like, made film. Inter- like, give me, give me one positive attribute. Like, like, pretend you're not a, li- pretend um, you're not a, a, a cuck lib, whatever. Like, even if you were yeah. a conservative, name, like, one positive attribute of the main character. <laughs> oh, of the main character? Yeah. Oh god. I mean she has superhuman abilities <laughs> of uh deductive reasoning. She is able to she is uh very composed, I guess, which which makes sense because she's right. I mean, that's the other thing. Okay, the idea of a daughter who's like really excited to like murder a deer uh, it's such a specific, like, conservative dad fantasy, I feel like. <laughs> like, oh, come on. Oh, daughter, we gotta put this put this guy out of his misery. We've already shot him and uh Oh you oh you you you're strangling you're strangling it with your bare hands. Oh you're twisting the head right off the body. Oh, I had a girl. Oh you're drinking the blood right from the neck of the Oh, there you I go. Love the oh, const- that's my girl. I love the construction of the film where it's like my daughter oh it's like oh man, my my daughter's problem, she makes me too proud. <laughs> <laughs> she's she's just too good at at all these things that I'm teaching her to do. It's like it's just it's really hard <laughs> that my daughter is is yeah. just she's just too great. It's like the fucking it's like the protagonist from The Hunt but like got like shrank down to be a teenager. Yeah, it's such a self-insert. It's it's, it's, it's so that lame. exact level of just like this character is like a non entity. This character feels like a video game character. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Everyone 100%. else in the I mean, film, her her like wimpy 
like friend who has a crush on her has like more of a character arc in this film than she does. Her character arc is her dead mom uh, played by uh, Isabel something or other from Silent Hill, the, the Silent Hill woman. Oh God! Yeah, that's her. Jesus. That's her. It's it's. I was like the whole film. I was like, <laughs> why does she look familiar? It's because she's Rose in Silent Hill. Um, it she is her mom tells her what her character arc is the whole film. <laughs> she's like, ah, uh, you're really sad. Oh, uh, you gotta run. Oh, but now you have to hide, daughter. You're not a runner or a hider. You're a fighter. Kill that child. <laughs> I will say, actually threw me off. The actually impressive choice in filmmaking to have a scene where so like the the the, the girl's mom is dead, um, and she she's basically is talking to her the whole film, and when her mom shows up first, like she's bald because she's like, oh, I'm I'm I had cancer and I died of cancer. I love you, honey. Um, and you know, in, a, in most films like this, we we understand that that figure isn't really there. That this is sort of yeah. like a metaphorical internal dialogue where the character is sort of imagining, like, oh, if my mom was here right now, what what, sh- what would she be saying to me? Like, you know, what would she tell me? Um, this is the first film I've ever seen have a scene where. A character just goes, you are, oh, you're talking to thin air. (laughs) It is just like, no, this isn't a metaphor. This isn't a visualization of a character's internal dialogue. Our main character is literally sitting down and talking to her dead mother who isn't there. (laughs) Which was like hilarious when they actually had that because i'm like oh you don't understand like that that is not like how like that that visually that's not usually what these scenes represent like you can only interpret these scenes very literally in a movie it's a really weirdly like homeward bound sort of kids movie touch to have yeah (laughs) (laughs) where it's like where it's like she is diegetically being a freak and not just like oh there's this sort of like other layer of the movie no it's just like no she's she's definitely being a fucking weirdo in in this sort of universe that we're supposed to accept as like a sort of uh she she is relatively realistic she is actively hallucinating her mother which creates a weird narrative where it's like this film has a fight scene between i guess the good schizophrenic and the bad schizophrenic is the implication (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the good mental illness versus, uh, you know, the 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 bad kind. Um, <laughs> the 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 virgin, uh, the virgin religious delusions versus the Chad dead mother delusions. <laughs> oh my God, Jesus! But yeah, I I, I don't I don't know how much uh, more I have to say necessarily about about run hide fight. Uh, it's yeah, it's kind of it's just uh, weirdly sort of disconnected from. The real world, which it is now also attempting to comment on, which is always fun. Perhaps the real, real world is the world inside your mind. And that's where you do. And that is where you have to run, hide and fight. uh, The liberal menace. (laughs) (laughs) It's 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 so funny that like this is the film that they're like, we're, we're premiering our Daily Wire 
film distribution uh yeah. on on the back of this yeah their 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 flagship uh start is very very bold um i don't think i don't think very many people have seen this movie it turns out so you know maybe 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 that nips itself in the bud there it's it's Um, legitimate uh oh i forgot about the funniest thing about that um so do you want to know how they got run hide fight how so uh it was basically produced by cinestate which is the um production like it's like a movie studio that uh, worked uh-huh. with uh, S. Craig Zaylor, who's like a right wing like like uh, exploitation director. He did Bone Tomahawk and Brawl and Cell Book ninety nine through Cinestate. Those are like his most like most well known films. Um, they also acquired mm-hmm. uh, Fangoria. Fangoria. Uh, now the problem with distributing this film is that it came out. Um, you know, it was it was set for like a, a twenty twenty release. Um, sure. And uh, in June 2020, uh, we get this article from IndieWire. Uh, Cinestate faces backlash following sexual misconduct allegations. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Uh, so mm-hmm. basically, the, the, the film became uh, toxic brand <laughs> because of not just its content and also uh, its possible political connotations, uh, but also because right around when it would have like been starting to get shopped around, uh, the company became embroiled in a massive, like miniature, like Weinstein level, like controversy, uh, and that's how that is how the Daily Wire ended up getting it. Because as far as I know, it, it just nobody wanted to touch this film before that. <laughs> Oopsie! <laughs> what would you rather have spent your money on? Money that I spent. Um, fuck! I would just like maybe a couple months. On like a like a podcast Patreon, uh, probably hey. like any podcast Patreon, like like well, maybe not any. Yeah, like moderate to left, or just a comedy one. I could just do a funny <laughs> podcast. Yeah, funny, funny, funny guys. Um, yeah, absolutely. I, I would have I would have spent my money on like someone's itchio, fucking zine or you know whatever shit like that. Um. I would not rather have spent my money on. So I actually have like a shooter preparedness book that I won uh, it, during a work um, shooter preparedness drill. <laughs> uh, and I didn't spend any money on it. But if I had, I would not have wanted to spend money on it. Uh, how How is it? How is the book? I have not you've cracked it open at all, but it's sitting it's sitting in my bookshelf. Um Maybe I should read it and see how it is. Yeah. No, see see if it how see what advice it gives you. I would have rather have uh not spent my money on literally anything that props up the school shooter preparedness uh economy. Which yeah. which as as we should be able to tell by every school shooting that has ever happened, is clearly a massive scam. <laughs> <laughs> it is absolutely like it's uh yeah, total scam. Total fucking scam uh so have fun have fun with that have fun with those drills everybody i i hope they work uh praying for all of us really uh yeah i guess <laughs> does everybody like how we sidestepped the second amendment debate yeah no we're not we're not, no, <laughs> we're not, not gonna, gonna i'm have. not even gonna bother no no no, no. if you want to have that debate <laughs> go literally anywhere else on the internet people have that debate fucking everywhere doesn't matter yeah. isn't isn't relevant to this we're talking about a movie and we're talking about school shootings which are massively complicated issues that can be talked about 
with regards to politi- with regards to cultural outproduction, not policy. Don't talk to us about guns. We don't care. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck you. Um, but yeah, thank you everybody for joining yeah. us. Uh, we, so we have a, uh, Patreon exclusive series that where if you pay $5 a month or more, you get to hear film critics, throws it back. And it's a series where we talk about movies from bygone eras. Uh, and in February we, uh, talked about bound, uh, with our friend Mia Schwartz. And in March, uh, we're going to be apparently talking about a movie called the Devils, also with our friend Mia Schwartz again. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and then I don't know what we're going to do after that. <laughs> yeah, who fucking knows? Listen, uh, April is a thousand years away. Uh, but uh, we also stream. Jay, what's up with your, what's up, what's going on with your stream? Uh, lately, I've been, st- uh, I've been streaming the Remedy Games on Wednesday. Uh, just started mm. the, just going to be starting the Max Payne series. Uh, and then... Moving on to Quantum Break and Control. Um, then on Mondays, I, I stream uh, kind of random games. It's a it's a chaotic Monday concept. Chaos Mondays is the theme. Uh-huh. Uh, and then on Saturdays, which I sometimes, you know, I'll sometimes just like dip out on doing a Saturday because I'm not really feeling it. Uh, I usually just do short games. Uh, last Saturday, I did Stranglehold, which is why we watched uh, Hard Boiled. Yeah. Uh, what about yeah. you, Brew? <laughs> oh my gosh! Um, so I typically stream Tuesdays and Fridays. Uh, Tuesday night, I have started playing a video game called Cattails. Oh, and what Cattails is is it's Stardew Valley, but you are a cat, and everyone is a cat, and it's Kitty Cat World, Feral Cat, Cat World. Cat, I want to go. Gr- cat, be cat, cat now, cat mode, cat. Cat, cat, cat time. Uh, and then on Friday, uh, been watch, been streaming Eve with my friend Rizzo, who recommended me the game. It's very interesting and fun so far. Um, so yeah, hop in for for those. Uh, Tuesday at seven uh, Pacific, Friday at three Pacific. We also have a Discord. Discord. Click that down below. It's right there. Look at it. Thank you, everyone, so much for joining us. We'll hopefully see you soon. I'll give you lots of updates. More processes. Um, and yeah, we love you very much. Good night. Good night. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>